Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Deep fry that turkey. You've got the Eastern Insider Podcast instead on this Thanksgiving week. We're thankful to have you along. I'm Greg Steiner. I'm Alex Jewell. A big show in store for you. It is a cornucopia of Eastern athletics this week. We have a ton of things to jam in. So little of us, a lot of them today, Alex. A little of us, a lot of them, like a lot of gravy that's going to be on my potatoes on Thursday can't wait for Thanksgiving. Mm. For a guy that's my size, Thanksgiving is one of the better holidays, Greg, because you can eat as much as you want. Nobody looks at you in the wrong way. And hey, that's okay with me. A-okay with me. Give me some stuffing, some bird, and I'm okay. Maybe a little cranberry salad that grandma would make. So a good show uh, we have for you. Let's start with first some congratulations. Sue Parks, her team goes out on the men's cross country side of things since taking over. She wins MAC championship 151 for Eastern Michigan, a men's cross country championship. So big congrats to the men's team. Women's team, a showing that they should be proud of Alex, but people also have to understand they were missing a lot. A lot of girls weren't able to get back in time for an abbreviated cross-country season, but we have one in the books. We're thrilled for both teams. If Sue Parks doesn't walk out of this university without a gold statue somewhere, I will be shocked because Bob Parks, her father, might have been the coach of the century in the in the 1900s. Well, Sue Parks is the coach of the century in in this century because she just continues to tear it up. Her first season at the helm of both the men's and women's program, ah, no big deal. Walks in, wins another championship, wins another Coach of the Year award. Congratulations to her and her staff. And we're really thankful on this Thanksgiving week because not only are we continuing on the football field, Greg, it's been a, a good start with us being healthy in that manner, but we finally get hoops back, too. It seems like a little later than normal because it is, but we're back both teams in action this week. A double dip of men's and women's basketball beginning on Wednesday. The women are on the road in Carbondale to take on the Salukis of Southern Illinois. That's an afternoon tip-off. No coverage on radio, but we'll have TV coverage on ESPN3. And then that night... And men's basketball gets going against a top-ranked team. That's the Michigan State Spartans up in East Lansing. Tom Helmer will have the call on 89-1 WEMU. So big things. Then we get the home season going on Sunday as women's basketball back here for a 1 o'clock start against the Flames of UIC. Whoa, 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 whoa. Home basketball is a good thing, but not before a rivalry game in football. That's the only thing we haven't had this season. And now it's time. Central Michigan coming into the factory on Friday, a little Black Friday special. None of the stores are open, so do your shopping online. Then get in front of the TV. CBS Sports at 4 o'clock on Black Friday. And Greg... The football team, 
yet to get a win and coach talks about that of course it's been disappointing but if we know one thing it's that records go out the door on rivalry week and it's the quest for the michigan mac championship that starts on friday yeah you mentioned it we talked to coach about a three-ray rivalry in this series we also get his thoughts on thanksgiving and what he's thankful for more importantly one of his wide receivers very thankful that chris creighton's his head coach alex because he got a scholarship He becomes the second wide receiver in about six or seven months to bring home a scholarship, and very deserving is Tanner Canoe. He talks about his journey from walk-on to now scholarship football player to now impact player because he's one of the team leaders in receptions in a, a number of offensive categories. So that's just a little taste of that interview. Stay tuned. He might even do a Batman impression. So for all you movie lovers, he's on with us as well. And then we go back over to the hard court for things. Tom Helmer course you just said is the new voice of the men's and women's basketball program here on WEMU 89.1. He sits down with Fred Castro to talk their preseason and their first game and then we'll go to our first taping of the Q&A. We brought you a little teaser of it a couple weeks ago. Keon Williams from the football team. He sits down with two women's basketball players today from the same hometown, all from Oklahoma City. He talks about some of those Oklahoma City connections and about some fun pop culture things with those girls. So it'll be a great show today, Greg, and we're just excited to have you. We hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app, available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. Thanksgiving week upon us. It's also the week we get to feast on rivalries as Eastern Michigan football will get set to bring in their rival from up north. That's Central Michigan, the opponent this week. Coach, first off, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I know uh, it's a tradition that everybody enjoys. This to, this year, a little different. You'll be with the team on Thanksgiving. How will you try to celebrate with them? Yeah, I mean, it still seems like a, a long ways away. Um, but, uh, you know, we will practice on that day and, and be together. And, and then uh, being a home game, allow for them to, uh, to get away for a little bit. Um, and, you know, we'll probably just start the day um, with uh, taking taking a few moments, you know, just to talk about what we're thankful for and uh, what we should be thankful for um, and uh, and then go get ready to play this great game. The better question is, will there be a generous helping of your wife's mashed potatoes? I know that you love so much. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she she makes some uh, some meat mashed potatoes and um, I've had my fair share of food this year. So, I you know. I may not be able to be uh, going for seconds this year. Uh, seconds, that's what Eastern Michigan will play, their second home game. How odd was it running out, not seeing a single soul really in the stands after the governor's orders uh, that, that came last week? You know, I'll tell you, the, the first two games being on the road, and, and you know, we wish that we could have been at home, especially in those two weeks so that our our families and, and, and whatnot could have been here. Um but it was more normal being on the road than it was being at home. And I'm not talking about the actual game. I'm just talking about, you know, the, the traveling, being in a hotel, going through your routine. It was just really different here, especially being a matching game. Not just, it's not just the COVID protocol. It's, it's midweek. So mm-hmm. the guys are in class till noon. 
Um, and so it was just a very, very different uh, game day. Um, and, uh, you know, again, once the game starts, no matter where you are or how many people are in the stands, I, you know, you're, you're playing football. Um, but uh, I, I, I didn't imagine that the traveling would have felt more normal than a home game, but it did. When you look at how that game went on on last Wednesday now, you look at, at your defense. They gave you opportunities, able to force a fumble early, get the ball back for the offense. They're also able to force Toledo into two field goal situations they're not able to capitalize on. Your defense, still youthful, but how do you think they're progressing through the first three games of the season? Yeah, I mean, our, our defense, you know, gave us a chance there, um, you know, in that game. We offensively just did not get into a rhythm early and therefore just didn't – you feed off each other. You try not to, you know. Uh, uh, you you want to play your game regardless of what's going on on the other side of the ball, special teams. But um, the reality of it is they're all linked together um, and we just weren't able to give them uh, – life, you know, or a break, you know, early on, um, you know, we got the, the, the touchdown there to Tanner, um, to make it 14 to seven, but it's still, uh, that came off mm-hmm. after the special teams takeaway. We had the ball there on the 17 yard line. Um, so, you know, I think that the thing that, uh, that our defense, um, needs to improve on and hasn't shown it in the first three weeks is, is our missed tackles. Um, that number is is high and has been steady um, through the first three games. And I know that that's something that uh, Coach Nethery and staff have been working hard at, um, but that, that number has not yet changed. I know that's been a trend nationwide, though. Is that, uh, is, uh, is that purely kind of a trend due to COVID with the lack of tackling ability to get through? What, what's kind of your thoughts on no, that? No, no question. You know, the – um, I mean, people who there's a lot of people who played before we did, right? With the last conference to play, and so you talk to friends and colleagues, and they just say that, look, I mean, you're, you know, guys aren't going to tackle us, you know, as well, um, uh, you know, early on. Um, <clears throat> you, it, it shouldn't have to be a reminder, but like practice matters, you know, and that that goes for for everybody. So it's all relative. I mean, I guess some people have probably practiced more than others, but. Um, Practice matters, you know, when guys are out for for two weeks for a quarantine situation. I mean, you know, definitely depending on who they are, but anybody who's not just a two and three or starter knows it by the back of their hand. I mean, practice matters. Um, And so that's affected, you know, all of football. At the same time, I think that next fall will be the best college football this country's ever seen. Um, just the fact that all seniors are are welcome back and and the depth is going to be mm-hmm. incredible and you know this this season essentially not counting for eligibility. Um, I think some of the miscues that you're seeing across the country um, this fall, uh, I think next uh, next fall is going to be unbelievable. You, you look at this team that that you will play uh, coming up on Black Friday in the Central Michigan Chippewas, a rivalry. Last year they got the better of you up in Mount Pleasant. I know it was a game that that they got on this Eastern from the start and were able to control the pace of tempo. How do you go about trying to to maybe flip the script a little bit this year and, and get some some energy or some action a little early to make sure you don't fall in a hole? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't know that that's how we look at it we're not trying not to fall into a hole i mean we're going to put our plans together and and uh you know come out and attack them um 
you know, I, I don't know that I did a great job last year, um, you know, just in terms of coaching our program on how to handle success. Handling success is, is more difficult, arguably, than, than handling, um, you know, defeat, adversity and whatnot. Uh, we were three and one, you know, had beat Illinois and then the, the, the craziness of the Central Connecticut win, had a bye and then we were starting um, the max schedule um, and Central was coming off the worst year, you know, that they'd had in a really long time. And and uh, so it just um, I just didn't do a great job of getting our guys uh, in the in the state of mind that we that we needed to be in to play a team that ended up playing for the conference championship, right? Yep. right? I mean, we're not we're not talking about we had a lapse and that we let someone sneak up on us. We were playing a really good football team, um, um, and you know we were probably feeling good about what we had accomplished in the first four weeks. So, not a great recipe. Um, they're very physical. Uh, you know, I mean, they're going to try to stop the, stop the run and, and play man to man and they want to establish the run. And then they've got, uh, they've got weapons, you know, on the outside that, you know, that once they touch the ball, I mean, they can take it the distance. And so we're going to have to play really sound, really, really, really hard physical football. Well, you've talked about it plenty of times during your tenure. It's a, a unique rivalry because you've got the Eastern Western central kind of triangle, uh, during the course of your career, you, you've been part of some unique rivalries over the years, thinking back to, to Wabash or when you were at Drake or even back to Kenyon. What, what's kind of uh, just when you play in the rivalry games, what's it like for you to, to play any of those over the years? Yeah, I mean, um, they're, they're special. I mean, there, there's no question about it. Um, I mean, that, that goes back. I mean, for me, high school, we had rival. And then, uh, like you said, at Kenyon, it was Denison. And, um, and then, uh, I mean, every, every stop of the way, I mean, um, you have games that whether they should or should not, I mean, they just mean more to everybody. Um, and you love playing um, in games that mean things to people. Uh, there, there's no doubt. And uh, so we've been um, through the, through my career, I mean, we've had awesome success in rivalry games, and and this one has been, um, uh, yeah, it's it's the it's the three schools, um, and uh, you know there isn't a trophy uh, for our game with Central. There's not a trophy for our game with Western. I know that they have one, mm-hmm. um, and you know we've got to uh, we've got to continue to throw our hat in, in the ring by by beating them. You know, we beat Western last year, but lost to Central a lot. We beat Central the year before. Um, and I think to some degree, rivalries, you know, grow, um, you know, when there's uh, a lot of back and forth. be nice to have that Michigan Mac trophy sitting here in the SAPC, wouldn't it? I'll tell you what, that would be a, that would be a huge deal. We've done a lot of things the last seven years, but we have not hoisted trophies. Um, and that would be a great one to start with. Coach, thanks again for your time as always. Good luck against the Chips this week and happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. 
Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Grab your oars because it's time to go canoeing with Tanner Canoe, that is. He's our next guest on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Of course, a member of the football team at Eastern and Tanner, you've been the big story the past week because you're the latest person to get that scholarship surprised from Coach Creighton. Take us back to that moment. Let's first play the audio of Coach Creighton's speech that happened inside the team meeting on November 17th, and then we'll get your thoughts. But what's the number one thing, in my opinion, to accomplishing a goal, and even in goal setting. It's not high and realistic and all those things. It is how bad do you want to achieve whatever it is that you set out to achieve? How bad do you want it? How hard are you going to work when no one else is thinking about it, when no one else is watching? Tanner Canoe came in here benching 250. He's now benching 305. Squatting 345, now 415. Broad was 9-5, now it's a 10-1. 40 was a 4-7, now it's a 4-5-3. Vert was 33 and a half, now it's 37. His pro was a 4-1-3, and now it is a 4-0-7. He's weighing on November 17th, 172 pounds, leading our team in receptions. And your goal of starting and earning a full-ride scholarship has just come true. Tanner Canoe. When Coach Creighton said those words that, you, that you're going to be on full-ride scholarship. It was honestly surreal, and, and I just love my teammates' reactions. It was, it was genuine and real love, and, and nothing was fake about it. And I, I'm just so happy to get a scholarship. I'm so happy to see that all my teammates were just as happy as me, and I just really appreciate them, and Eastern Michigan is really a brotherhood. You've been a part of a team and, and events in the past where maybe you've been one of those teammates that gets to run over and share that embrace with somebody else or congratulate somebody else for a big moment and I know that's always meaningful as well what does it feel like to have the whole team run around you though and just for that split second know that you're the center of attention it's not necessarily about being the center of attention it's just it's just that all my my teammates just care for me that that much that they they love me that much and I love them and I appreciate everything they've done for me and and how how much they care for me and it's just good to see that that happen you talk about those teammates a lot and i know that you also have talked about opportunities to play that you've gotten this year and you've been able to now step up and take that starting role on as a wide out here for eastern michigan talk to me about that quick transition and is it one of those things where you have always known that when your name was called it's time to go and you're going to be ready to play or is it was kind of shell shocking to get in there the first time and be asked to take on that role i mean every 
every time I, I thought about my first game, I thought I would be really nervous about it. But, you know, going through all the pregame rituals, the pregame routine, it just it just kept your mind off the game. Because if I was just sitting there, I'd be really nervous about about playing. But we were just going through all the routines and, and uh, everything in pregame. And it was it honestly didn't really hit me that I was I was starting. So I just played like my teammates were, were in my ear the whole game, giving me confidence, helping me out. The coaches were big in that, too. So didn't really hit me yet that I was a, a starting. Well, we'll talk a, a little bit more about the scholarship in the week it was. I want to take you back the week prior, though. You get into the game at Ball State and have a great performance, certainly statistically the best performance you've had on the field. You go over 100 yards. I asked Hassan Beydoun this question a couple of weeks ago because it applied to him as well. This is the 129th season of Eastern Michigan football, and you're the 128th player to go over 100 yards in a game. So only one player per year, actually less than that, has ever done that. What does that mean to you to know that now that you're a, you're a scholarship player, but even before that happened, your name's going to go into the record book here at Eastern Michigan coming from uh, your background as a walk-on? It means a lot to me personally, but that's really a, a, a team team uh, achievement because without without the offensive line blocking, getting plays working, without pressing, throwing me really good balls, without the defense making stops, like certain things wouldn't happen without the whole team, without a whole team effort. So it's really really a, a team achievement. Well, let's talk about that teammate Preston Hutchinson of yours. For those that may not know, you guys are both from Mason, Ohio, attended the same high school, but you were never actually teammates on the football field, were you? No, we, the only thing we did, we, we played JV basketball together, but all throughout high school, he'd try to convince me to play football. And, and I just, I just didn't want to, it wasn't really an interest of mine. And then senior year, I was like, you know, why not? I'll try it out. And then I tried it out, loved it, couldn't get enough of it. I really wanted to play some more and, and luckily I got an opportunity to play here. Wait a minute so Preston spent all of his high school career trying to recruit you to play and only after he left you decided to play should that should that tell us something about how you feel about Preston I mean is there something going on in the locker room you just can't stand him or, or what's what's the deal with that? No he's actually my roommate so I, I like him a lot uh, it was just it was just I was a real little really little kid I, I was really focused on basketball I was trying to make it in basketball and I thought if I just focus on the one sport it would be fine but that actually backfired on me because if I was if I were to go back in time I would try to play as many sports as I could as possible because it just I just love competing and in, in, in being around a team it's just nothing comes close to it's me. easy to ask a coach about what's the progression of somebody when they get to campus to now you've got that perspective because you've been close personal friends with Preston for a long time coach always talks about his leadership abilities and, and how he's seen his growth from Preston in high school to now what's been the biggest change in Preston or has he always been this type of leader and, and this shouldn't surprise anybody? He's always been a hard worker and it's JV basketball it's JV but he he was the the hustle player he's the one who, who was physical got all the rebounds and, and you could see that translate to him him now he's he's running over people against Ball State he, he takes those hard hits and and he gets up every single time and it shows how, how much of a hard worker and how tough he is. Everybody knows that this season has been a little bit different the preparation not the same as what it would normally be in the off season. What was it like going back home for a large portion of the spring and part of the summer? And how did you, I know that you took the quarantine very serious as a time to get yourself ahead and get ready for the moments that you're experiencing now on the field. What was that like for you and how specifically did you take that quarantine on it and get yourself to the point you're at now? Yeah, so I took quarantine very, very serious because I I, I wasn't around people. I wasn't hanging around friends. I was, I was keeping my family safe because you know, you don't know how this 
this this virus is going to affect older people like my parents. So I just was trying to keep them safe. And the only interaction I had with people was football. And then luckily I have this home gym and I was lifting every single day. I was working out every single day and I was thrown with pressing or my father every single day. So I took advantage of it big time and, and it was actually a, a positive thing for me. You just mentioned your dad and your parents. I know that they were actually able to be part of the scholarship reveal too. Give us a little bit of that story. I know it was pretty special. Yeah. So somehow they convinced them that, that since, since we weren't allowed having fans at the game, that, um, that they were going to do something with, with all the parents on the, on the team meeting. And, and it was just my parents. So they convinced them somehow to get on. And I'm just really happy they got to experience it like I did. And I'm just so thankful for everything they've done for me and, and everything they're going to do for me because uh, I have a great support support system. There's another wide receiver in your group that's a recent scholarship earner in Hassan Beydoun. You guys have both had great starts to the 2020 season. Last season, his came on Christmas, the day before the Quick Lane Bowl. He unwraps the Secret Santa gift and sees his scholarship offer. When that type of situation happens, I know that you're incredibly excited for him. Does that make the wheels turn in your head, though, a little bit and say, hold on now, this this could be me. Hasta has done it. I've seen other people do it. I'm good enough to make this happen for myself. I mean, it, it, I was so happy for Haas because he's such a good guy. He, he cares for, for me a lot. And I was really happy for him, but it's not necessarily in that moment that I thought like I could do this. It just the whole, this whole time, you gotta, you gotta believe in yourself and, and think you can do something. We're talking to Tanner Canoe of the Eastern Michigan football team. Of course, last week got the surprise scholarship that many of you have been able to see and read about. Tanner, our fans are getting to know you more as a football player, but how about you personally? We're going to do a couple quick hitting questions before we get you out of here. All right, let, let's go first to, uh, to your favorite t- top two or three foods i'm a i'm a moody eater but if i had to pick like like a consistent i have one top consistent like my favorite restaurant is is chipotle so like whenever i'm in need of a good meal like i'm 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 going to chipotle what what's the go-to are you getting a burrito nachos how you doing i'm getting a uh uh chicken and steak bowl chicken and steak bowl double meat he's uh he's, he's building up his his proteins that's how he's getting on the field making so many good plays so now if you go to chipotle everybody you know you can order the tanner canoe a chicken and steak bowl. All right, let's turn it to movies. Give me your top movie of all time. That's a hard one because there's so many good movies. But if I had to pick one, it would be um, <clears throat> The Dark Knight. Batman, I just a great movie. I love, I love that series. All right, you threw this on yourself. Give me that, uh, give me that Batman impression. Oh, I, I can't do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you got everybody has a Where's Rachel impression. I, I want it. <laughs> I, I, you you really want me to do it? No, like I, absolutely. I, I think it, it's not for me. It's for the listeners. They want to hear it. I, I I can't even do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you gotta give me just a little, just a little. <laughs> Where's Rachel? My I, voice is too high. I, I think it's safe <laughs> to say it's a good thing you're a scholarship football player, not a scholarship. Oh, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think that might be where it has to get cut off because I, I don't think we've ever ended an interview like that on the Eastern Insider. And I think this is a first, just like you were able to get your scholarship last week, a historic moment. I think this is a historic moment on the uh, on the podcast. I'm going to make sure to definitely blast that on social media and make sure that everybody knows you got the acting chops as well. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I had, I had to uh, ruin it that way. <laughs> and happy to have you on the Eastern Insider. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'd love to be back. That's Eastern Michigan football's Tanner Canoe. Stay tuned right after the break. We'll have more coming up with head women's basketball coach Fred Castro on the Eastern Insider Podcast. 
Joining us now, the women's basketball coach, Fred Castro. And, and Coach, I, I want to start by going back, actually, to March. Because you guys were still in action. You guys looked like you were on a path to win the MAC and go to the tournament. And then the rug got pulled out completely from underneath you. What was that moment like in your discussion with your team? Yeah, obviously it wasn't easy. Um, and, and, you know, I've been doing this long enough where you can, you've been around teams where you feel you're poised to make a run. You know, and we had all the makings of a team that was poised to make a run. Uh, but, you know, this is this was a unique year, unique situation. And our student athletes health and welfare is obviously what's most important. Um, fortunately, uh, I didn't have to have the conversation in terms of having seniors and saying, guys, I'm sorry, but your career's over. And a lot of coaches had to have that conversation. I was able to tell my team, hey, I'm sorry, but guys, we're coming back next year and we're going to get the job done. And, uh, you know, they understood it wasn't easy, but you could understand this is bigger than basketball at that point in time when we really didn't know all the details of pandemic. We just knew it was it was real. And, uh, you know, it, it's a tight knit group. And as disappointed as they were, you know, you could tell they had figured it out. You know, the light had turned on and that's fun to see as a coach so now you have this great core coming back you guys have made some additions it really sets up nicely for you heading into this season yeah we're excited you know we've we've had a good off season uh the team is really they know what works for us they know the formula to success and they're a year wiser you know and and that wisdom and that experience is huge especially in a league like the mac where it's so competitive on a day-to-day basis um you know we played a lot of kids when they were freshmen and sophomores and played big minutes and you just can't quantify the value of having that experience especially late in games you know I think uh, a year last year you could tell the kids that had played and two years ago we lost those games because we didn't have that experience Um, so it's something that we want to build on and continue to enhance and you know in this league you're going to have to win close games to really compete for a championship so that experience is, is huge for us. We're talking with Fred Castro, the women's basketball coach at Eastern Michigan. Of course, getting the team ready for the season is a little different this year. I mean, there's so many more obstacles to go through. What is life like for one of your basketball players right now? Yeah, it's completely different. You know, you're, you're no longer waking up and going to class. Um, and seeing your professor and, you know, seeing your student, you know, your fellow classmates on a daily basis, you're staring into a computer for a couple hours a day, which is different. Uh, obviously, learning that way is different. Uh, we practice with masks on. You get tested three times a week. Um, you don't get to have the daily you know, normal college experience. So these guys have had to sacrifice a great deal. And uh, I couldn't be prouder of the decisions they've made in order for us to be able to stay healthy and safe uh, so we have a potential to have a season. And part of it, too, you had to rebuild the schedule. Once everything got wiped out, you got you got to start all over again. It's like starting from scratch, and just when you think you have a grip on something, another curveball comes along. Yeah, and that's what this year is going to be like all year. So, you know, and everybody's going through it. So you can't sit here and sulk and, oh, what happened and what about this? Uh, I think the teams that are able to adjust, the coaching staffs that are able to manage uh, situations uh, are the ones that are going to come out on top you know uh, being able to manage the unknown this year will be critical uh, to teams championship success and uh, you know sometimes you can prepare as much as you want this year is going to force you 
uh, to be able to think on the fly and for your teams to mentally adjust and be okay with it. And uh, that's something that we've talked to our team about a great deal. And that's the great thing about having that experience coming back. You and I have talked a little bit about they're doing some of the coaching. They're explaining to new women on the team, this is how we play basketball at Eastern Michigan. <laughs> and, and that's got to instill a great sense of pride in you. Yeah, because, you know, it, it means the culture is set and it's real. Uh, when the players uh, hold each other accountable to certain standards, uh, you're a completely different ball club. You know, when, when it comes from the coaches on a consistent basis, it's not real yet you know whether it's on the court or off the court but teams you know our team knows we're going to guard middle pick and roll this way and we're going to rotate this way and this is the way we do it because this is the way that's proven to be successful for us and you know that it just makes all the difference in the world because then we can coach other uh, more advanced technical things which pay dividends down the line so uh, I'm, I'm our senior group um, has done a phenomenal job in um, their leadership this year. And, and I'm really excited about watching them continue to do that as the year moves forward. We're talking with women's basketball coach Fred Castro. How difficult has this been on your family? Because it's one thing to put the team in the bubble and ask them to make sacrifices, but you've had to do the same thing with your family because you're telling them, listen, we got to protect everybody. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, you know, um, and I think coaches, wives, or husbands, you know, they to get hit just as hard, you know, if not harder. You know, sometimes I got to talk to my wife about, you know, after a tough loss, hey, it's going to be okay. <laughs> right? You, 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 I, I have to manage the team, and then I get home, and I'm like, honey, it's, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. And uh, because they're, they are invested, they see how hard our student athletes work. They see how hard uh, our staff works, how much time they put in. And we want to see them succeed. You know, there's, you know, I've been really fortunate to be part of numerous championship teams, and there's nothing like seeing your players' faces when they've reached their goal. I mean, there is no contract. There is, there's nothing that you can really put a number on in seeing those guys go up, raise the trophy, do it together, and know that they're going to go on for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years and tell their kids and grandkids about in 2020 and in 2019 we did this, in 2021 we did this, and, you know, mama was good. You should have seen her, you know. Right. <laughs> granny, <laughs> granny could hoop, you yeah. know. And uh, it's those memories that you build that, that make this what it is, you know, at the highest of levels. And so that's where, you know, my, my kids, uh, they want to know if we're playing and they want to know who's healthy and who's playing. And, and uh, so it is, you know, there's a big investment from your immediate family, obviously. From the gridiron to the microphone, it's the Q&A with Keon Williams. told you to be excited for this new segment and here it finally is it's the Q&A Keon Williams takes it away with his first guests of the season Sanaya Nelson 
and Sinara Skeins. First one, it's been a long road for the Mac Tournament until now. Like, what do y'all, what really, what did y'all do during quarantine to have some fun and be safe still? Learned how to cook new stuff, <laughs> I guess, and watch catch up on movies and shows, basically it. Didn't really leave the house. What was like the, uh, the best thing you say you cooked whenever you was in quarantine? The best thing? Um, I don't know, I would have to say Pancakes. my favorite thing that I cooked First of all, stop. <laughs> my first thing that I would say, my favorite thing I learned to cook was jambalaya. Jambalaya? Yeah. You said pancakes? Yeah, she always could be making. Don't do that. <laughs> I ain't, I'm not really a fan of pancakes, but it's all good. You so, like uh, who are some returning players that fans should know about this year? Returning players that fans should know about? Well, yeah. I mean, everybody already knows about Ari, Jenna, Nita. I mean, everybody that's returning, to be honest, Ray. You know, it's kind of like an Oklahoma City connection up here. You know, we from the best city in the world, the 405. Right. You know, so uh, Coach Lowe's, he got a big hand in that. So, like, what, what was Coach Lowe's role? Like, what role did he play in getting y'all up here? And, like, what sold y'all? After when I had put my name into the portal, um, the first person who actually contacted me was Ari. And then uh, she was telling me about, you know, everything that her red shirt year when she was here and what she focused on and stuff like that. And then Lowe's contacted me and he just talked about what to expect about the program, you know, about who's coming in and who's doing what and like just what I need to do and I come. So y'all pretty close with, uh, with Coach Lowe's. So what's something, what's y'all favorite thing about Coach Lowe's? He honest. He, he honest. honest. And he blunt, but like, and if he say something like, like bad, you can't like take it to the heart because you know like it's for the good, you know? I love his, uh, my favorite thing about Lowe's is his coaching style and off the court, I would say his personality. Like it kind of goes hand in hand. And Zanai, you fresh out of high school, so what's like, What's the what's the comparison between high school and college? Like, what was the hardest thing when it uh, when it came to like getting adjusted to like the college lifestyle? Um, I mean, like in high school, everybody wasn't good, but here everybody's good. So you gotta like work for the spot. You know, you gotta be on everything. You gotta like try not to mess up. Who would y'all say is like the funniest person on the team? Art, hands down. Art. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Art. Yeah. Okay. Who is the who is the nicest person on the team? Nat. Nat. <laughs> Nat's the nicest. So how do y'all feel about this season coming up? What's, what's something y'all just looking forward to? Besides just seeing the team go out there and just being a part of it, like what's, what else y'all looking forward to just from the team? Honestly, finally being able to touch a court after, well, I mean, I've been touching a court, but being able to play against other opponents with my teammates, that's what I'm mostly looking forward to. And, you know, being coached by some great coaches and, yeah, we have two new coaches on the coaching staff, so being coached by them too, seeing how that goes, and just overall, just excited to see what the season goes like, even with COVID and everything. That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell, reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.